Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for April 24th, 2022. Uh, The second Sunday of Easter. And we're coming to you not live on behalf of Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana. And Bruce, I'm caffeinated now. How are you? I am (laughs) semi-caffeinated. Good, 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 good. Yeah, uh, uh, Easter. Easter is here. The Lord is risen indeed. Uh, and, uh, but it's interesting, um, with Easter, Easter's not just a day. No. It's a it whole is, season and it's, it's more than season. the week. The, more than it's, the, you yeah, know. it's not just the 12 days like with Christmas. Right, 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 right. Uh, well, I mean, I think, I, I think a lot of us have a tendency to think of Easter as Holy Week. That's, right. that's Easter. That's the Easter week. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, uh and there's, <laughs> there's seven, seven Sundays of Easter. Uh, according to, uh, according to what I'm looking at here. So sounds right. So, uh, uh, as, as hectic and as demanding as Easter is, mm-hmm. you're not done. <laughs> not nearly. You don't get, you don't get to take a break at all. Um, but yeah, so, so, uh, uh, why are there like, why is this a, a season that stretches for weeks? It's so that we spend a lot of time pondering the resurrection of jesus okay since that's part of the cornerstone of our faith is this is this uh symbolic of the period of time between his resurrection and his ascension yes okay so that's the reason why sort of okay it's that's a chunk of it and then it's really between um resurrection and day of pentecost okay okay um but just 10 days after um, his ascension, if I'm recalling correctly. Okay. I suppose that makes sense because otherwise it'd be Easter all, all year round. Well, I mean, why would we ever stop celebrate, celebrating his resurrection? In, <laughs> in in the our current prayer book, one of the things it says at least once, and I think a lot more than that, is every Sunday is a feast of Easter. Okay. So, yeah, you're completely right. Yeah, but we are supposed to keep celebrating it weekend. I mean, weekend. I mean, and it is kind of corner, you know, central to our faith, I suppose. Uh, so we might as well, yeah, might as well keep that in mind all year round. Um, but yeah, so uh, um, you're you're fresh off of Holy Week. Fresh isn't the right word, but yes. <laughs> How you holding up? <laughs> <laughs> I'm upright and taking nourishment. There you go. There you go. Uh, uh, yeah, a. a a, a big kudos to to you doing the podcast uh, shortly after uh, the marathon that is Holy Week. Uh, so I appreciate that, uh, and uh, and I'm not responsible for its content. <laughs> neither am I. This is this is it's all God. It's all God's doing here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Ooh, oh, does that? The, <laughs> In case I say something stupid, I don't want to blame that on God. <laughs> Well, uh, well, let's let's go let's go to our uh, this day in church history. There wouldn't be anything stupid there. Um, uh, so let's uh, let, let's visit uh, the April twenty fourth of old and uh, going all the way back to eight fifty eight uh, A.D. Election and consecration of Pope Nicholas the first. He will de- he will demonstrate integrity, iron will, faith and masterful defenses of marriage and the papacy, becoming one of the strongest medieval popes. He will support missions, exercise authority over remote churches, and communicate Christian doctrine to Bulgaria. King Lothar uh, II 
of I have his baseball card. Do you? Yeah, yeah he was a great rookie. He oh, really man. faded there at the end. Yeah, but <laughs> man, could he pick it at third base? King Lo- King Lothar to bat. Uh King Lothar the second of Lotharingia, which I didn't even know was a whatever. A yeah. portion of Charlemagne's former empire. So I'm learning oh, a lot okay. here. Holy uh, Roman Empire. Mm-hmm, will advance against Pope Nicholas I, with an army and pin him in St. Peter's for two days without food after the Pope demands he return to his lawful wife. Scandal. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it gives us uh, a reminder of, what, 600 years later or so, Henry VIII's antics. Yes, yeah. Um, <clears throat> but it is it is interesting how... Uh, yeah, the, the, the papacy was uh, not always uh, thought to be infallible. And oh, many no. people, some people uh, let them know strongly yes. that they felt that way. <laughs> uh, raising, raising an army against uh, <laughs> against the Pope um, does send a message. Uh, <laughs> so uh, continuing on our Pope streak, we move on to, <laughs> we move on to 1585. Pope Sixtus V, which is just... A, a oh, miss in marketing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Pope Sixtus V is elected. He administers, hey, guess what? Stern justice. Sounds familiar. Clearing the countryside countryside of brigands that have flourished under his predecessor. I love this language. <laughs> he also founds the Vatican Library and various colleges, though. Well, that's nice. Yeah, that part's nice. I'm curious what? as to why, like, what's the story there behind the countryside of brigands? What are brigands? I, you know that great question. Let me let me look up the the uh, the technical definition because in my head I have um, I have a a thought, but that isn't necessary. Okay, it's pretty close. A member of a gang that ambushes and robs people in forests and mountains. Okay, so that is kind of what I picture too. But... Yeah, you brigand. <sighs> Uh, so, so, so it has its place in, in you know, name a version of, uh, um, Cops Robin Hood. I was thinking oh, of Robin Hood, uh, you know, uh, you know, yeah. you brigand Robin Hood. Um, so I, 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 to take I, care of this guy. That's, that's actually pretty close. So that's about yeah. the setting. 1585. Yeah. yeah. That, so so far that makes sense. Uh, in 1625, Jean de Brebeuf sails for new France where he will one he will be one of the longest lasting Jesuit priests before his martyrdom in, er, in uh, his early 50s. So this is uh, the beginning of the sailing of Brebeuf. New France, though, I'm not entirely sure. I mean, that makes sense. You Sailing from France, they're going to call wherever they land New yeah. France. Uh, but I'm not sure where that is. I'm just I'm just presuming it's like New Orleans. Oh, that, that makes sense. Uh, well, yeah, what we know of is no as Louisiana Purchase. Yeah. That so make, that somewhere in those sense. territories. Yep. Uh, 1901, in a spirit of brotherly cooperation, Protestant missionaries in the Philippines gather for a three-day conference to form an evangelical union to advance the gospel in the islands, uh, which I think is fair to say that they did pretty successfully. There's still a... Isn't there still a, 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 a contingent of uh, Protestantism in the islands? Well... Yeah? No? Yes. But as Episcopalians... We were there first, and we were there, <laughs> we oh, were the reason. Oh, oh uh-huh. well, there we were the reason they had to organize to counter us because we were not evangelical enough. Still aren't. Still aren't. Yes, yeah, right. Still aren't. Yeah. So it wasn't really the Roman Catholics weren't really seen as the competition. It was the Episcopal Church. Episcopal Church. 
yeah. which is still there, still very strong. Yeah. But so and, are evangelical churches. And I think fair, I, I think uh, uh, fair to say, at least from our perspective, yours and mine on this podcast, uh, not necessarily the church as a whole or the Philippine uh, branch of the Episcopal Church, um, it gets people to church. I'm okay. I, you know, healthy competition I'm all right with. I'm okay with that. I had a friend who graduated from seminary and his bishop traded him to the Philippines for one of their seminaries. <laughs> to bring back the baseball uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, 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 comparison. Interesting. Interesting. But that's that's how close we are with the Episcopal Church of the Philippines. We gotcha. swap players. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Now batting. Uh, in 1915, more than 250 prominent Armenians, uh, civic and political uh, leaders, teachers, writers, and members of the clergy are rounded up and imprisoned. Many will be tortured and killed. The beginning of the Turkish effort to eliminate all Armenian Christians. Uh, The day will be remembered by Armenians and others as Armenian Genocide Day. Uh, uh, So, uh, yipes. Um, And uh, then finally, uh, this day in church history, 2011. Uh, courageous Chinese Christians stripped of their churches meet in, I'm not going to try to pronounce that because I don't know how to say it, but a public square in Beijing Mm. to hold Easter worship services. Hundreds are detained and their worship leaders and pastors are jailed. So Mm -hmm. um, yet another reminder, uh, as you read through the ages, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Yeah. Yeah. Good summary of that. Uh, So, with that act of depression, uh, <laughs> happy Easter! Happy Easter! <laughs> let's uh, let's move on to our readings for this week. Uh, our first reading comes from the book of Acts. Hey, wait, that's not the Old Testament. Um, Acts chapter five, verse twenty-seven through thirty-two. When they had brought them, they had them stand before the council. The high priest questioned them, saying, "We gave you strict orders not to teach in his name." Yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you are determined to bring this man's blood on us. But Peter and the apostles answered, We must obey God rather than any human authority. The God of our ancestors raised up Jesus, whom you had killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior, that he might give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witness to these things, and so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. Um, First, I want to take a moment to point to the, uh, the stylistic change for the season of Easter here. Um, Like I said, uh, Acts, that's a new Testament uh, book, not a, not an old Testament uh, piece of uh, of writing. So uh, what? Why the switch? What's the deal? It's an ancient tradition in Christianity to spend the season of Easter reading almost in order through the book of Acts. I gotcha. Okay. I mean, we're pretty tired of Isaiah. So. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm kidding. I'm kidding for all those Isaiah, especially for all those Isaiah all lovers out there. Clouds coming yeah. <laughs> Really rolling in here fast, um, but uh, but yeah. So so uh, we we kind of we're spending kind of the focus on um, th- this portion of the book of Acts, which uh, as we've talked on this podcast is essentially you know Luke two. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, Luke two point oh. Yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> the, the the more Luke. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 and. Um, so, By which we mean same author as the Gospel of Luke. Right. And Luke wrote 
the gospel knowing that he was also whoever it was was going to write the book of acts so okay. it's simultaneously the story of the apostles after the resurrection and other followers of christ and a commentary on the gospel of luke simultaneously okay so yeah so essentially the story continues yeah uh which which makes sense um so in in our you know essentially the opening scene for uh, us in the season of easter not the opening scene for the book of acts but right. uh is uh, something that feels very similar to, you know, our previous experience this past week, only instead of Jesus being brought before uh, a tribunal of sorts, uh, it's it's uh, it's Peter and the apostles and uh, feels eerily similar. Yeah, as, as it's supposed to. Yeah. Um, and uh, um, the answers even feel mm-hmm. uh, kind of kind of similar uh it's not as uh as uh flippant's not the right word what would you what would you what would you call uh jesus response to uh pilot a herod of like oh so you say <laughs> so i think jesus is more terse yeah terse i like that i like that um yeah uh, uh peter and the apostles um are a little bit more defiant in these answers um yeah uh we must obey god rather than any human authority no uh unclear uh direction as to what they're talking about right. there. <laughs> uh uh and uh then like uh uh um there's there's a direct uh, uh accusation there whom you had k- killed by hanging him on a tree uh this is your fault <laughs> mm-hmm uh, so you don't, if you don't like the outcome of what's going on right now and the message we're proclaiming, don't forget, you set us on this path. <laughs> so yeah, and what's one of the things that that happens? Uh, you can't just sit there on a Sunday and read the entire book of Acts, but it's it's much more of a linear story than really the Gospels even. So just before this scene starts. There's the the realization that Peter and the other apostles who had been arrested had gotten out of jail and they didn't head to the countryside or something. Instead, they went back to the temple to start talking about Christ again. Yeah. We, so it was easy to rearrest them. And then this scene takes place. Is that is that the that's the one where like uh, the there's an earthquake and the, the it's doors a different one than that. different one than that. OK. Yeah. OK. Yeah. It, it it this one they it it's not described how it happens. It's mm-hmm. just they go to fetch them for the trial and or the examination, and the guards are all in place. The doors are locked, but the rooms are empty. Huh. And so then word gets back to the police that oh they're back in the temple. Thought you knew. <laughs> I, I and I suppose yeah. I mean. In, in in the re the modern reader's eye or mind, I could understand like the first thought is like, oh, why would you go back to the temple? But putting myself in their shoes, you know, seeing what I have seen, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I'd, I I I think I might be inclined to be like, yeah, I don't, I can't in good conscience recognize your authority anymore. It's yeah. almost ridiculous. 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, terrifyingly awesome to be in the position of Peter and the apostles. Cause I, I would feel pretty comfortable. I think I might feel pretty comfortable to be like, I mean, what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, we just, yeah. God just, uh, flexed on you pretty hard. <laughs> And it's almost hilarious to think that now I would be like, oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, let me let me obey your earthly authority after everything we've just witnessed. Roman bootlickers. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, I'm trembling. Oh, no. Uh, I mean, uh, I suppose as time goes on, there is this uh, there would be this realization of of. Things here on this earth are still uh, the, the domain and control of, of, of humanity still has a hand to play in, in, in the story, uh, because obviously uh, most of the apostles uh, find an untimely end. Right. Um, but I still think that, you know, at, at, at the end of it, once once you see and hear what they've seen and heard, I, I don't know as if you have a choice. Well, and it, it, even if you do have a choice, it's a good choice. Yeah. Because uh, it's, you know, it's not like these guys are sitting around eating bonbons and watching satellite TV. Right. You know, it, it's okay. We can go back to breaking our backs fishing mm-hmm. or we can walk with God each step and each moment and see what happens. Let's try that one. Yeah. Yeah. And there's enough, there, there, there's, there are enough, uh, events along the way that I think would would uh, still give them heart and courage yeah. to, to continue. I mean, yeah, up and disappearing from a jail cell is one. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, um, the uh, the experience of uh, Pentecost that comes later is another. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so it, it and I, I understand where uh, um, one would find themselves with this courage, even though currently you know i don't have experiences to put myself fully like i i would be a coward but that's coming <laughs> from the experience that i have in life i yeah you know. and just to clarify at this point in the book of acts pentecost has already happened oh has it okay yeah yeah so yeah so, yeah, so they've, they've had that recharge yeah the, the death the resurrection escape from prison the tongues of fire like mm-hmm. yeah Who's to stop us? <laughs> right. Well, and yeah. And any way that you can stop us, like death, really doesn't stop us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, I'd, I'd probably even have the, the thought process of like, hey, even if I die. Uh, well, I'll especially. Pro- I'll probably, I'll probably have the same thing. You know, I'll probably have the same thing happen. Uh, maybe. Do, do we think that maybe that this is where, uh, uh, you know, our... our for the, some of the formation of uh, life eternal starts to, to to really get built out as a well, modern that, day heaven. I know it gets colored later by uh, sort of a um, lot of uh, writing. And it events. was it was already a very strong um, theology within Judaism mm-hmm. that before Jesus was born, most most of Judaism believed in eternal life. Gotcha, life everlasting after yeah. death. Um, <clears throat> but certainly experiencing the resurrection and then being able to see Jesus's teachings through that lens, it was a lot, it was a lot easier to say, yeah, okay. Eternal life really is something that 
is really amazing. Mm-hmm. And we don't understand, but wow, it's a fantastic thing to look forward to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it really, yeah. So, so it really is, is, uh, is pulling on some of the, um, concepts that have always been there Mm -hmm. and and bringing them into you know real life examples like hey yeah my family's always you know talked about grandpa used to talk about life after death right before he died uh you know a lot and i remember that as a kid and and uh now i'm seeing it it is real it's yeah you know something because it's it's one of these dynamics of yet again jesus helping people to really believe what the prophet said. Mm-hmm. And so, and one of those is God's gift of eternal life. So yeah. So, so it helps energize the followers of Christ to take bigger risks in mm-hmm. teaching about who Jesus was and what he taught and the reality of the resurrection. Right. Let, let's go back uh, to the context of uh, this reading here. Um, they're, they're before the council mm-hmm. uh, and the high priest is questioning them. Is, 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 the, is this a high priest installed by the Romans? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, so this is uh, the high priest trying to scratch back authority mm-hmm. uh, in the region and uh, kind of looking to exact some punishment on those who have challenged it. Yeah. I mean, and in the gospel, I believe it's the gospel of John, the high priest. Um, I believe it, it's in John. The high priest says it's better for one man to die than to lose the nation. Mm. And it was, you know, let, let's get him killed so that the Romans don't wipe us all out. Gotcha. So yeah, that that's the um, strategy that the high priest believe, believed was most effective. And what unfortunately we don't have is something is a passage that I think is kind of more interesting. Of yeah, let's stick it to the lectionary uh, creators. Yeah. Like, come on, come on. Um, so that yet again, I recommend reading further because you get to hear uh, an argument within um, the council where let's see, um, Gamma Gamma Leal. I don't know if that's how you pronounce his name or not, but he's, he, he has a name in the in Acts, stands up and gives this fantastic speech about, hey, if this Christ movement is for real, he doesn't use that term, it will succeed. And if it's not, it will fall apart. We don't have to do anything. Right. Uh, that's a smart way to look at yeah. it. Yeah. And he gives these examples of, remember, uh, Thidius. Oh, that's right. And, yeah. Um, Judas the Galilean, you know, these people that had Messiah type yeah, movements, false prophets before and they all, all those movements died out. So I said, what, why bother with these guys? Right. The history will show whether they were true or not, which of course is a little wink from the author of Acts saying, what do you think now? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Because at the point that this is not something, this is not something that was scribed uh, during uh during the events like there's not there's not the transcriber in the corner going like hold on hold on a little slower a little slower (laughs) a little slower (laughs) yeah this is about 45 years later okay that was that the book of acts was composed gotcha so so designed to be viewed through the lens of time already yeah um 
So that's that is a that's that's interesting to 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 note that mm-hmm. it, that it really is uh, that. Um, and I'm assuming when it says that that the high priest said we gave you strict orders not to teach in his this name, uh, that was the. It, they were before them before when, and then they were put into prison and then they got out. Is that kind of the, the narrative there? They got brought before him. He said, don't do that. They went to jail and left jail and did it anyway. I'll, I'll just be completely honest. Say, I don't remember exactly, Okay, but it could have just, it could have been, yes, they had been brought formally, formally, but it's also quite possible that just one of the um, high priests walked downstairs and say, Hey, shut up. And went back. Oh, this to is like office. upstairs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, because they're the uh, apostles are teaching in the big public areas. Okay, uh-huh. and so you know the high priest would have been back in the um, executive suites. Gotcha. And yeah. would hear the commotion, then come down. And, you guys just keep it down, and then later be you know, shut up. And it's like okay, haul them off. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, anything more about this reading that you would like to point out? Um, that in typical authoritarian way, I, I'll add that um, Gamaliel, or however his name's pronounced, won the argument about not um, pursuing them further and mm-hmm. let the time tell. But then the high priest did flog them. <laughs> So it wasn't a complete win for Peter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, it makes sense that uh, there would be language later about, like, uh, bearing these scars on behalf of, you know, yeah. for, for on behalf of my faith and that kind of a thing. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, and the, that chapter ends, which the you know, chapter breaks were a much later edition. Um, Every day in the temple and at home, they did not cease to teach and proclaim Jesus as the Messiah. So the flogging did nothing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So so much like the uh, obstinate child mm-hmm. <laughs> who stares at their parent after getting spanked. Uh, that all you got, mom? <laughs> <laughs> which I have I have one of those. I, I remember the last time we spanked that child, uh, uh, she looked at us and said, you hit me. <laughs> and we were like, well, that's not going to work. Right. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, well, let's move on to our psalm reading for the day. Psalm 150. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty firmament. Praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his surpassing greatness. Praise him with trumpet sound. Praise him with lute and harp. Praise him with tambourine and dance. Praise him with strings and pipe. Praise him with clanging cymbals. Praise him with loud clashing cymbals. Let everything that breathes praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Um, sounds like a hymn. Yes. Um, do we have any context for this? It's pretty short. Um, you wouldn't even be able to to you know recess the cross and in in, in, uh, in the service in, in the service uh, uh with with this uh short of a hymn um what uh what do we what do we know about it it's the last psalm ooh and particularly the time at the time when the book of psalms was put together what comes first and what comes last is very important okay so the very last phrase 
in the book of Psalms is praise the Lord. Mm -hmm. The uh, editor of the book of Psalms. Yeah. Let's end it on a high note. Yeah. This is the, the point of this book. That's how we'll end it. Just before that, I'm probably taking away all your questions. Just before that, go for it. Um, verse six, let everything that breathes praise the Lord, that it takes an idea of the praise of God, which is being um, fleshed out in the uh -huh. four Psalms leading towards this to include everything alive. So it's no longer just the priest at the altar or the right. um, person in the field. It's like everything. Yeah. yeah geckos and birds and humans um and part of the fun of that is that that follows the um three verses about what instruments to use so you do get to picture a gecko with a tambourine for instance i'm sure geico can make that happen <laughs> <laughs> uh uh this psalm also begs the question, what's the difference between clanging and clashing? <laughs> Praise him with clanging cymbals. Praise him with loud clashing cymbals. This author really likes cymbals. <laughs> Who doesn't? And I do want to, I do want, you know, the author is like, and I want to make sure we get both clanging and clashing uh, there, orchestra. Well, uh, <laughs> okay. I, we need to get our local... Uh, marching band youth group members in here to give their educated guess. Right. My uneducated guess is that clanging would be hitting the cymbal with a drumstick or something, and clashing is hitting two cymbals together. Okay. But that's okay. just a guess. Okay. Um, sounds like a lot of noise. <laughs> it's supposed to, yeah. Yeah. That it's, it's inescapable that everyone with um, you know, within maybe a couple miles, we'll be able to hear this. Yeah. Um, I almost, I, it's, it's, it does, it does also paint kind of the picture of, uh, it, because I should, I should, let me take one step back because uh, the, the phrase is let everything that breathes, praise the Lord. One can then backtrack and kind of understand that, oh, the reason why we have all these lines of, you know, let this, let, let this uh, instrument, let that instrument, let this, this might even be close to like a comprehensive list of all the instruments available at the time. This might could be could you, you almost could imagine that this might be historically could be taken as historical context of they had trumpets, they had lutes, harps, tambourines, strings and pipe, and then two different kinds of cymbals, <laughs> uh, but no drums. Surely. I would be shocked if they didn't have drums. Right. Um, and the, some very fundamentalist churches have taken this as the the cap on what instruments are allowed in church. That's why there's no drums in church. That's why there are no drums. Keep those heathen drums out of here. No pianos. There's <laughs> no. Um, and then the um, strings and pipe. Uh huh. They'll get into knockdown, dragout fights over what instruments those would be in a modern context. We are a stupid lot when, yes. <laughs> when it comes down to it, aren't we? <laughs> you know, is it a double bass? Is it a guitar? Is the Heresy! Heresy, I say! <laughs> How dare you! Ouch with you! 
the right down the street to the people who use the guitar. <laughs> the right honorable gentleman shall shut up. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, inter- very interesting though. So you had said what what's first and what's last are are, are, yeah. are very important. This that begs the question: what was first in the 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 Psalms? Let me flip back some pages here. It was Psalm one. What <laughs> you are amazingly smart. <laughs> Happy are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or take the path that sinners tread, or sit in the seat of scoffers. Ooh, scoffers' seat. Yeah, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's an ailment. <laughs> Oh, he has scoffer's seat. Oh, don't let him show oh, the picture. <laughs> Look at him. Look at him. He's just over there scoffing all over the place, not covering his mouth at all. Uh, okay, well, that doesn't quite paint like the picture I hoped it would. <laughs> I'll be honest. Be careful what you ask for. <laughs> I'll be honest. That didn't. That didn't. That didn't. Uh, that didn't go the way I thought it might. <laughs> Well, and the the rest of it is, the rest of Psalm one is a praise of the righteous. Okay, so okay. it's the the opposite of those in the scoffers. So so happy are those that happy are those who are are, are more aligned with uh, with uh, with God. Yeah, and uh, and then ending, let everything that breathes praise the Lord. Yeah, praise the Lord. Very good. Yeah. So to go back to verse to chat to Psalm one, which is chapter one, they are like trees, the good ones people they are like trees planted by streams of water which yield their fruit in its season and their leaves do not wither in all they do they prosper Hmm. prosper and breathe yeah um very good anything else about the psalm 150 um i think i said a lot of my stuff at the beginning of this part of our discussion so I think, no i think you did i think you did well uh uh oh it's too bad we get a good reading from revelation I, I, yeah. It, yeah well hey you know what you know what you know what that's all right uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird book man um okay i just gotta say one thing sure the um i was reading a commentary and book of revelation since that will be part of our sunday worship next week that there is some scholarship now that says basically only the first four chapters, maybe five, of the book of Revelation are Christian. And the rest of it comes from other um, visionary mystical sources, yeah. um, perhaps Jewish, but um, only the very first part of the book really seems to be concerned about God and Jesus at all. Interesting. It would be it, it would it would be an interesting um, I mean it would I'm sure pure heresy to some but uh, it would be interesting to actually break that book apart. Oh yeah, people do. Also. And but but like the way that like uh, first, second, and third Peter are broken apart. Yeah. You know what I mean? Rather than having everything all together and be like, okay, no, no, no. this, mm-hmm. then someone else is this. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? I think it would be much easier to comprehend if that's how right. it was organized in publications right yeah um uh and maybe even just stick some of that back in the apocrypha instead (laughs) (laughs) 
Keep it away from my, the good My stuff. personal <laughs> opinion, but that's all right. Um, well, let's move on to our gospel reading then for the day, which comes from the book of John. John chapter 20, verse 19 through 31, which reads this way. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who is called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark on the, of the nails in his hands, and put my finger in the mark of the nails, and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. Um, the way this ends and wraps up seems like it's the end of the book. Is it the end of the book? Depending on when you bought it, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. The it's like you say it's it's pretty clear that this was the original ending yeah because doesn't it like pick back up and I'm like and another thing yes <laughs> yeah chapter 21 starts after these things <laughs> you know yeah these aren't written in the book so you know, you know they're not written down and done so intentionally so that you may come to believe and yet we continue <laughs> yeah only for one chapter. Only so for one chapter. You know, 24 more verses. What is the tag-along chapter uh, cover? I think we may have it next week. Oh, well, then I don't want to do that. We may not. I don't, I'm not sure. Uh, let's look. Let's look. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me see. The chapter. Uh, chapter yeah, well, yeah, we have it next week. Okay. So Let's I will see. leave that question for later. But, mm -hmm. uh, but yeah. Um, so... One of the thoughts that I had this week when uh, reading this this uh, verse, uh, series of verses again was actually in relation to something that you had said during the homily on uh, Easter Sunday. Uh, and one of the aspects of uh, Jesus' resurrection that thwarted authority was that his body didn't stay up on the cross, which then, you know, kind of again kind of colors the the resurrection story a little differently because not only are these disciples hiding in fear of the romans maybe their own people um when you have the resurrection st uh, 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 story and his body is missing yeah you're so i can understand where your your first thought might be like oh they've de they've gone and desecrated his body right to assert authority that some of us 
you know, it also kind of creates maybe the, the story of like they, they secretly uh, took down his body and and uh, are, are thumbing their nose at the, the, the Roman authority because that's not what you're supposed to do. And they violated mm-hmm. um, they violated essentially whether written or unwritten the rule of, of the land of, hey, no, they're up there for a reason. I better not see any of you. Um, you know, taking taking down and doing and conducting a proper burial for these people, mm-hmm. they're being punished, right? Uh, in, in both in this life and the next. So I could understand that really c- kind of creates uh, the sense of concern uh, for themselves because they've essentially done something illegal. Uh, could be accused. Of could something, be accused yeah. of something illegal. Yeah, uh, and. and uh, not- Illegal by Jewish law, but by Roman law. Right. Still, yeah, a, a so, punishable. So much worse. Yeah, yeah, a punishable offense. Yeah. Uh, uh, and Not just violating a tradition, but yeah, really, like you said, thumbing their noses at the Romans. So it makes sense, uh, which also which also then gives, I think, a sense of understanding. This is this is a sensible reaction. I think sometimes yeah. we have a tendency to read these stories and go like, "What a bunch of wusses!" You yeah. Know? <laughs> What a bunch of scaredy cats hiding in the house. Uh, um, well, and that's one reason why a lot of scholars, if not the vast majority, see John as the last gospel written because that would put it chronolog- in, in, in history during the time when persecutions of Christians were firing up by the Romans. Right. So um, in a sense, the day-to-day experience of a Christian in the time of the gospel of John being written down was having to be behind locked doors. Yeah. And you know, if you were celebrating Eucharist, you better make sure the curtains are closed and the door is locked. Yeah. Whereas Matthew, Mark, and Luke were written down at times when uh, Christians were freely worshiping in the temple and in local synagogues and then going elsewhere to celebrate the Eucharist. But there wasn't any, um, physical danger yeah. in worshiping as someone as, uh, who was a Christ believer. Yeah, uh, yeah, it, it th- that definitely, like I said, colors the story differently, and and kind of furthers and, and it adds another layer to I think what we talked about this time last year, which was uh, my thought that uh, rather than doubting Thomas being uh, uh, doubting uh, Christ's ability to resurrect. Uh, uh, doubting his fellow right. disciples because um, Thomas isn't with them the first time, so yeah. it begs the question: Why? Why? If the, if all the disciples are out of fear, hiding in this house, afraid of who might see them and what might happen to them as a result, maybe because of thought of. You know this desecration of uh, of Jesus's body and the thing, you know, the, their responsibility in that act. If Thomas isn't there, does that then paint the picture of he's the brave one? It very well could. He's out and about. Yeah, I'm not hiding in in a house. I'm not scared of the Roman authority. I'm out. I I you know, and if I get caught, so be it. Yeah. And then this story, it, it's much more in line with what we just heard from the Book of Acts. Right. Yeah. So uh, and and then so then the 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 this situation of coming back and they're like oh we saw Jesus and I'm like I don't I don't trust you right you, you scared you cat yeah you're yeah. scared <laughs> you you were hiding I was the one out there like mm-hmm. you know 
I don't, I, I can't take you guys seriously anymore. Right. Uh, and uh, then he has this. Uh, uh, he get he basically gets a one man show. I mean, other people, <laughs> other right. people are are there, but the obvious point yeah. of the second appearance of Jesus in this house is for the benefit of Thomas. Yeah. Which can be then taking all of those things for granted, if, if, if correct, then uh, is, is really an elevation. Right. Yeah. And that's why um, in through the, through the centuries, many, there are many, devotional traditions that center on Thomas as not being someone who doubted, but someone who made the ultimate faith statement mm -hmm. of my Lord and my God. You know, no one else said that when they saw the uh, resurrected Jesus before and a model for all Christian Thomas is a model for all Christians. Right. Whereas when the fundamentalist movements came into Western Christianity, you know, a hundred years ago or a little more, the idea of doubt got tossed out as a good thing. And so then Thomas started to be painted with the neener neener brush. Yeah. Neener, neener, neener. Yeah. That's kind of, that's kind of interesting. That's kind of interesting. Um, so, um, yeah, the, 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 the disciples, the rest of the disciples have no response. Uh, you, yeah. you can kind of, you kind of read in between the lines of like, uh, uh, peace be with you as the father has sent me. So I send you. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, you know, like. <laughs> All right. I will do all the talking. Yeah. Here. Fine, 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 fine. Um, I I think we've said this in years past, but uh, the 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 modern day imagery of when he said this, he breathed on them is still a little weird to well to okay. the, to me as a modern reader something that i don't think i've said on the podcast before but now in this whole context it's like anyone awake here <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah right <laughs> okay yeah we're awake <laughs> maybe he's just messing with them yeah. as the father has sent me so i send you crickets <laughs> gets right in one of their faces and goes Tap it. Yeah. <laughs> Taps them on the forehead. Is this thing on? Right. <laughs> yeah. It, it, yeah. I mean, rather than the, you know, sort of a Renaissance painting of these wise men sitting oh, there. Yeah. Yeah. It really is more a, a, a image <clears throat> of men cowering behind a locked door mm -hmm. and being speechless before the resurrection resurrected Jesus. And whereas Thomas, like you say, he was out and about, he sees the resurrected Jesus. There's a conversation. Yeah. Um, Thomas is called the twin. It was, yeah. he, was he just, there were, there were twins. Do you have, do you have a twin sibling of some sort or we presume so, but we don't know. Hmm. But I think it's a safe assumption that, you know, it's, it was his neighborhood name. Gotcha. And so it got, used when he joined this group much better than you know oh that's tom the jerk right <laughs> who is known as the jerk <laughs> who is known as the self-centered one uh um yeah I, yeah okay all right um i'm trying to think there was one other thing i was going to say um yeah he does have uh he does jesus does have this line 
which is um, really for us, right? right. Uh, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and uh, yet have come to believe. He's talking about us. Yeah. That's me. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is one of the reasons this makes a lot of sense as an end. Right. That gospel. Because that, that's also the makes last a lot of... thing Jesus says um, in this ending. And also makes a lot of sense for the book of John being the last one written. You're talking about yeah. the audience might not have, you know, the vast majority of the audience maybe wasn't even born. Right. Um during these events Almost these are certain. these are the tales of your your parents or your parents parents right. yeah. um uh and uh and so um you're trying to you, you john the gospel author is literally trying to reach people who don't have ties to these actual events whereas some of the other gospel writings while done later could have been earlier but yeah. dur during a period of time where like uh you know old man in the corner was like i that yeah. I was there. Yeah, and, and we we. It doesn't most... say that, but that was me. Grandpa, <laughs> you say that about everyone except Judas. <laughs> the story was about a woman, Grandma. Grandpa. That was me. I had long flowing hair, and I washed his feet with it. He thought I was a woman. <laughs> I shaved. Sorry, this I is really, more this is quickly becoming a, a, a Monty Python troop uh, skit. Uh, I apologize for that. <laughs> I'm a man. But, <laughs> but yes, the first three gospels, um, <laughs> what we picture, what scholars picture is, yes, these were stories being written down. But then, yeah, there were, in a sense, fact checkers saying, yeah, I saw that. That no. Uh, Change that wording. A bit it wasn't six captain. loaves. It was more than that. Yeah. 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 And, oh, you, there were two fish there too. Yeah. Oh, I um, forgot about the fish. Oh, yeah, I forgot about the fish. <laughs> forgot about the fish. Um, whereas with John, it would have been removed by a generation probably. Cause yeah. John wasn't written down till probably around, um, 110 after the birth of Jesus. Oh yeah. Okay. So, so we're, that, that's even further than I was thinking. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, a couple of several generations then, at that point. Yeah, uh, and as we've talked about before, um, John certainly had a copy of the Gospel of Mark in front of him. Mm -hmm. Maybe not mm -hmm. exactly what we have today. And there's increasingly look like he might have had all three Gospels in front of him. And so part of the way to read the Gospel of John is as a commentary on the first three Gospels. Gotcha. It's like, here's what he left. Here's what these guys left out. I'm not going to bother with the Last Supper. All three of them had the Last Supper. So I'll just right. reference it by title and then go on to the foot washing. Hmm. Hmm. Anything else about the, this Gospel? Um, shoot, there was something. Well, maybe it'll be in the sermon, because I'm not remembering it right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, one, this isn't what I was trying to remember. But one thing that's a bonus thing of interest, check out the passion story in the Gospel of Luke, Okay. which is what we write on Good Friday here. And it occurred to me as I was reading it, nowhere does it say Jesus was flogged. Hmm. John, boy, is he ever flogged. Right. But... Yeah, several times. Yeah. Pilate keeps threatening him, with, keeps offering the crowd that. Right. I'll flog him. I'm not going to crucify him. I'll flog him. And the crowd responds with crucify him. 
Mm -hmm. And the next action is Jesus being led off to be crucified. So at least in Luke's viewpoint, the if he was flogged or not doesn't matter. And maybe even Luke doesn't think he was flogged. Hmm. Just went right from trial to execution, which is still terrible. Yeah. But just one of those interesting things that I always had added in that because it occurs in other Gospels. And then just reading Luke long, like, huh, not there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is it is a fascinating study to examine the differences between uh, the different authors and the way they tell their story. Yeah. Um, and uh, um, modern modern readers will maybe tempted to look at that and go, oh, that's a clear sign that uh, these are invalid stories and right. made up because they're not. In, you know they're, they're not too they're, they're incongruous with each other yeah. uh so the witnesses contradict each other right, on this ex- occasion. exactly exactly but uh especially for uh, uh you know the period of time it, yeah that different viewpoint and opinion and once you start getting into the you know perhaps the reason why the author even started the book in the first yeah. place you start looking through those different lenses and you can realize like oh it's not mentioned here because doesn't matter to this author right or uh or uh, yeah this this author maybe didn't like that part of the story and mm-hmm. so just flat out flat left it out yeah <laughs> yeah that wasn't my favorite thing that the disciples did in front of jesus so i didn't write it mm-hmm. <laughs> um but uh but yeah it, it is a fascinating uh um uh, study um well with that i think yes. we'll call to a close this your podcast for the second sunday of easter april 24th 2022 we got a lot of stuff uh uh going on yeah. now that we can breathe a little easier <laughs> um uh, uh post holy week uh, we've got a adult forum coming yep. up uh is that this, this coming th- sunday this coming sorry. sunday and we'll be talking about uh, blessings and sendings very good. We've got our we've got our uh, uh, um, our movie movie yeah movie study. Yeah. Is that watching um, the movie Forty Two about mm-hmm. Jackie, Jackie Robinson. Robinson? That's a couple weeks off. Be uh, via Zoom. You can go to the website to see the details on that. Yeah. Now's the time to now, now's the time to arrange uh, your your personal viewing and yeah. anticipation for it. Really though. good movie. Yeah. Very very good movie. Uh, is that Chadwick Boseman? No. Oh. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. It was I think it was his breakout role, but I, I think you might be right on yeah, that. Yeah. Um what do we have anything else that we want to to point to? It this is not spiritually uplifting directly, but the plant sales, May seventh. Oh yeah. You can buy pretty flowers. It's the time. It's the time. Yeah. So get your orders in. I'm sure that is also on the website, yeah. uh, holyfamilyfishers.org to find out more details about the the plant sales, what's being offered, how much the cost, mm-hmm. when they'll be delivered, all that fun stuff. Lots of things happen. Lots of things. Uh and as far as worship goes on goes, uh continue to uh meet in person, eight and ten o'clock AM on Sunday morning. Ten o'clock uh service continues to be uh broadcast live. The uh the the technology demons have not struck us down entirely yet uh, uh so if that does happen this coming sunday you know it's my fault because i spoke it aloud um <laughs> yeah and you know it's worth that going back to the services of holy week that had the choir because they just rocked it out of the stadium uh, the Choir pieces are amazing. Thank you. I I, I will convey that uh, to to yeah. the team. Uh, yeah, they they do. they did work really hard. They and they really showed. Did. Yeah, I so. hope they recorded well. Because in person, 
they were amazing. Yeah, yeah, that is that is the only downside. It, it the the broadcast cannot convey, uh, can't, can't possibly convey uh, how beautiful it sounds in person. The the sanctuary itself is built in, intentionally acoustically, and it it really does show in person. That's one yeah. that's one thing that just simply as good of a recording as we possibly could dream of it it would still pale in comparison to hearing it live so um uh, just not possible to get Mm. those microphones to capture it the way the human ear gets to hear it um but yeah so we look forward to worshiping with you uh however it works with your schedule and uh uh, until next week i'm ben and i'm bruce and we'll talk to you later bye-bye bye